Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Etchelam. We're now on the Masechet Pesachim Daftalad Amud Bet, continuing with our exploration of uh, the Mitzvah of B'dikat Chametz and Orla Arba Asar Tanan Hatam. We have a Mishnah later on. Later on, our Perak V'Sofim Mitzchlat Sheish that you can eat throughout the fifth hour and burn it. At the beginning of the sixth hour, Yehuda Omer Ochlin Kol Arba, we eat through the fourth hour. Tolin Kol Chamesh for the fifth hour, we don't do anything with it. So Fimit Chlat and burn it. And that means everybody agrees that we burn it an hour before midday. Now the Chuli Amami HaChametz Sheish Shalotulamala Asur, but we all agree that Chametz is Asur Midoraita at midday. Question is how much time beforehand. We give something we'll explore later on when we analyze that Mishnah, why Ramir and Rabbi disagree. But where do we know the essential Isur of Chametz at midday on the 14th? Amar Baye. Abaye gives the first approach. We have two Psukim. For seven days, you can't have sore in your house. On the first day, the question is, what's the first day? You have to destroy Chametz. How could that be? That you burn it on or destroy it on the 14th. Because after all, if you're going to destroy it on the first day, but for all seven days it can't be there, that means you have to destroy it a day before that. Or maybe you're supposed to destroy it on the 15th at night. Here's what I might have thought. Maybe the Torah only forbids having chametz during the days, which means the 15th at night you could still have it. Therefore, it teaches you that you have to destroy it on the day, which means the day before. Therefore, he's teaching us that even night is asur. That you don't need. We have the following string. Destroying Soor, or Chametz, is compared to the Isur of Achilat Chametz. And the Isur of Achilat Chametz goes hand in hand with the Mitzvah of Achilat Matzah. You can't have Soor in your house because eating Chametz leads to Karet. The mitzvah of eating matzah is compared to the isur of chametz, of eating chametz. In the context of matzah, it says, You have to eat matzah at night. So that means uh, that you have to destroy chametz before that. They will get rid of it. Or maybe it's even the night before, the night that we do b'dika. Maybe that's when you have to all, uh, altogether eradicate chametz. Bayom Tiv says, Bayom Arishon. Maybe early in the morning. The answer is ach chilek. Ach by Rishon means part way through that first day, and that first day has to be as Abaya just demonstrated uh, in the uh, on the fourteenth. So it's part of the fourteenth, and we divide it in half. That's Abaye. The Rabbi Shmuel Tana, but we have a Brita coming from the, the school of Rabbi Shmuel. Matzino Rishon. We find that the fourteenth is called Rishon, meaning the day before Matzot is called. Rishon. Shema Rishon Sayom Because the Torah describes the first day as the 14th. Or the 14th is the first day. Rishon He says Rishon doesn't mean the first day of, but beforehand. That a, is a man uh, created beforehand. Are you gonna, when the Torah commands us to take the Arba Minim. The seventh day is the seventh day of Sukkot. So the first day that you take Lulav is the first day of Sukkot, not the day before. 
supposed to eat matzah for seven days, and Be'em Rishon destroy, the Yom Rishon should be the 15th. So, Yom Kim Nichtov Kra Rishon. Har Rishon Lamali. Why does it say Be'em Har Rishon? Shvamina Lechadamran. Like Rav Nachman Yitzchak says, Har Rishon means the day before. Hiachi Atam Nami Har Rishon Lamali. So, therefore, why does it say Har Rishon in the context of Araminim? In the context of Sukkot, it says the first day and the eighth day are festivals. Does that mean the 14th of Tishrei? It compares the first to the eighth. The eighth is the eighth day of the festival, we call Shmini Atzeret. Therefore, Rishon means the first day of the Yom Tov, and not the day before. So, Racham Yitzchak is still sticking to the position that Rishon, in our context, means the day before. Harishon lama lelim ute choloshem oed. So why be yomer harishon to tell you not to destroy it during cholamoid? Choloshem oed mika choloshem oed mirishon shmini nafka. Is that is that mirishon shmini nafka? You get that from uh, sorry to say that you don't uh, the, the mitzvah of our minim is not cholamoid that you got from mirishon shmini. So I zakta remena hoyel v'dechat avachman of yom shmini vav mosi falinan mirishon afilu choloshem oed. Uh, sorry, the Yom Rishon and Rishoni, uh, that I might think it's there to exclude that you do not celebrate a Chag on the Cholamoid. Uh, that you got from Yom Rishon and Rishoni. But I might have thought that the Vav Uva Yom Rishoni is there to say from the first through the eighth. Kamash Falan, that it's the first and the eighth only. So don't write Uva Yom Rishon, Uva Yom Rishoni, and don't call it Harishon. How could you say that the holiday, Rishon Mikarkodesh, is on the 14th? We have a homiletic drasha, beautiful, about why Sukkot is called Harishon. Because it says it three times on Sukkot, it says it about uh, Pesach, um, and, it, uh, and it says it about Chametz. Uh, we merited three things that are called Rishon. To destroy the seed of Esav, that's on the lake. Vinyan Beit HaMikdash, Ulishmosh HaMashiach. Lachritza Roshal Esav, Dichtiv, Aitzah Rishon Anmoni. Esav is the firstborn, HaRishon. Vinyan Beit HaMikdash, Tuchiv Mekisei Kavod, Marom Mei Rishon, Makom Mikdashin. That's the Beit HaMikdash. Ulishmosh HaMashiach, Dichtiv, Rishon Letzion, Hinei Hinam, a reference to Mashiach. Okay. Rav HaMameachah. So, so far we have Abaye, then we have Rachma Yitzchak, together with Tatan Rebbe Shmuel, and now we have Rava giving us a different proof that Chametz is Asur from midday. You can't shecht the Korban Pesach al Chametz. You can't shecht the Pesach when Chametz is still around, and shechting the Pesach is from midday on the 14th. Maybe that means each person, when they shecht, has to have a beard of the chametz. If you shecht at three in the afternoon, you can have chametz till then. So the answer is man shechita marachman. The Torah didn't talk about the act of shechita, but the time of shechita. Tan Now we have Brita supporting Rava. You to destroy chametz by Yom Rishon. I might is erev Yom Tov. I might have thought it's on Yom Tov. Therefore, it says you can't shecht the chametz. With means same conclusion but a different set of psukim. 
that you can't do malacha in those days. So Matsim Lavarashi al Malacha and destroying Khamet, meaning burning it, isn't Malacha. Right? Therefore you can't do it on Yom Tov, therefore it has to be Yerv Yom Tov. Rabbi Yossi Omei not Sarich. I've got another proof. Rabbi Omer, Ach Bimr Shon Teshvit Zomatechem, Yerv Yom Tov. Again, Rabbi Yom Tov, Rabbi Yom Tov, Tamalomar Ach, Chilek. Therefore it's got to be part of a day. Yom Tov, Atzvo, Mishari, but you can't have Chamet for part of the day of Yom Tov, of the 15th. Ha'ikar Shabbat Zor, Lachel Chametz, Lachamitz, Lachel Matzah, as we saw above. So, therefore, we see three different approaches in the Tanaim that all come to the same conclusion. Chametz is a sur from the sixth hour on. Amar Rava, Shmamina Midi Rabbi Akiva Tlat. From Rabbi Akiva's draws you can learn three things. Shmamina Inbiu Chametz Lesreifa. That the proper way to destroy Chametz is Besreifa. And that's famously Rabbi Yehuda Shita, we'll see in the beginning of the second parak. We have the machloket, if you remember, between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Natan, about why Lotvar Oish was mentioned uh, specifically, singled out as a malacha, whether it is lechalek yatzat, to tell me that it's a separate malacha and you're chayav for each malacha separately, or lorav yatzat, to say that you're not chayav for it, that it's only a lav. Uh, so obviously Rabbi Kiva takes the position, so lechalek yatzat, it's a regular malacha. We have the principle that we study both in Ketubot and Beitzah of Mitoch to say that on Yom Tov, since you're allowed to use fire to cook food, you're allowed to use it for other things. Rabbi Kiva doesn't accept that principle of Mitoch and therefore you can't use it for destroying chametz. Why does the Torah have to say that for seven days you can't have soor chametz in your house? You're not allowed to have soor chametz seen in anywhere in your property. So why do we need both psukim, which we refer to as bal yirah mali matze? The fish from that one it says lo meaning It's only your own. You're not allowed to see You could have other people's, meaning non-Jews, or that which belongs to hektesh. I might think that you could hide it in your property or that you could accept a uh, a, a bail from a non-Jew that's chametz that you're responsible for and have it in your house. That's why you can't have it found at all. And we're going to later discuss why this is actually more obvious. But I only know that it's true about, it's, it's less obvious, that it's true about a non-Jew that you're not in charge of and doesn't live with you. What about someone who actually lives with you? I only know that it's true about things in your houses. What about other things in your property? Pits and other things you have in your property and caverns. How do you have chametz there? That's why it says in your property. So I have in your house and in your property and lacha and not specifically lacha. So maybe I would only limit it and say in your own house you violate Bali Rabali Matzeh and hiding it and accepting from somebody else. Big Vulin, but somewhere else in your property, you might be able to have other people's stuff even that you're responsible for, as long as it's not physically in your house. How do I know to cross uh, reference and cross apply the principles from each Pasuk? Both of them use the word Soor, a leavening agent, and that's the Gzera Shava that creates the cross application. 
Soorim atzev vatechem. V'nemar soor b'gvulin lo yirala chasoor. So the soor is in both pesukim. Ma soor mivatim, just like soor in the pasuk of your houses, the first pasuk we saw. You're not allowed to have it seen or found or even hide it there or have something that belongs to somebody else, a non-Jew, that you accept the responsibility for. Same thing outside in your property. So that means even in a cavern that you have somewhere or in a cellar that you have somewhere off on property that you've accepted, you're not allowed to have and just like the sore out there, but you're allowed to have other of of others and of hektesh, which seems to contradict what we just said. We'll have to clarify that. The same thing about in your house. Okay, so now we have to figure out now what is our relationship to chametz that we have in our in our house or in our property that belongs to non-Jews that we've accepted. So let's see. The first thing is that the Kalvachomer went in the opposite direction. It's backwards, meaning somebody who's in your property is more obvious that you can't have his chamei as opposed to an outsider. Marbaya says, you're right, reverse the Brayta. He says, no, don't reverse the Brayta. What he's saying is that not only that somebody who is uh, is in your property, but even is somebody who's not in your property, but somebody who's even in your property, you are exempt from, and you don't have to get rid of it. I would only know that if it's somebody else's, it can be in my property if he's a distant guy. But if it's somebody nine, how do I know that if it's somebody even who lives with you? Talmud Loma, therefore it says, Lo Yimatzei, but wait a second. He's looking for a ha'eter, and then he brings a pasuk that says it's asur. Because what he's really pointing out is that in each case says lacha, and the point is that if it's somebody else's, it's okay, even if it's somebody who is a member of your household, as it were. Or your chatzer. Wait a second, you just contradicted yourself. On the one hand, you said, Lacha excludes and exempts that which belongs to a non-Jew. And then you said, you're not allowed to accept Piktorot. So, Lokasha. It's very simple. If you accepted it from him to watch, but you have no Achrayot whatsoever, and if it gets destroyed, you don't have to pay him, then you you could have it there. But if you did accept Achrayot, then you can't. Just like Rava told the people in his town, Machoza, the army would come in and bivouac, and they would have chametz there, he would say, get rid of it. Because if it would get eaten, or destroyed, or stolen, or something, you'd have to, it's in your property, and you'd have to pay for it. It's like it's yours. So in other words, if you have a chrayut on it, it's yours, you can't have it in your property. Now, we have machloket about whether something which leads to mamon, meaning if this thing were lost, you'd have to pay, is that considered as if it's your property? But according to the, the, the position, the davar government mamon is not kimamon. It's only yours if it's actually yours. Here we have the extra pasuk lo It really can't be there. Even if it's not directly mamon, but just davar government mamon. 
There's those who take the opposite position. That this seems to prove the position that it's lav That's why you needed loy matzei to tell you even here where it's stover hagram l'mamon is not kimamon. If that's your position, you still can't have it as long as you uh, accept it as a pikadon and you have a chrayut. But according to the position who says that dover what do I need Loyimat say for? After all, this is Mamun. I'm not allowed to have it as long as I have a Chrayut. I might think as follows. Since if it was still there, I'd give it back to him as is. Therefore, it's not yours. That you still can't have it. So the bottom line is that the way that we resolve the contradiction in the Brayta is if it's a Pikadon for which you have responsibility, then indeed um you uh you you can't have it there. Even according to the position the Dovar Golamal Mavka Momandami um uh still Loy Matse tells you that you that you have to get rid of it. Rava. So they asked Rava. And this expression is only tangentially related, it's a question of the Dovar Gomalamoman. Behemata Arnona. Arnona is the tax the that they would tax on you. Let's say you have an animal that is a behemat arnona, which means really the the, uh, the government has a right to seize this animal. If it gives birth to its bechor, is that bechor kadosh or not? We start with the position that if you could pay the guy off with money and get him to leave your animal alone, certainly you're chayv because this animal doesn't automatically belong to him. But our question is just if it's a situation where you can't pay off, no matter what happens, he's going to take that animal, is it Chayv Bukhara? So Rava said, you're right, and in such a case, it's Patur. We have a bright uh, that says it's Chayav. Alright, that's talking about a case where you could pay the guy off. So Ikad Amri, we have the opposite version of this. Not the opposite, but a variation. The Bahamatanona is Patur. Even though you can get rid of them. However, Isat Arnona, if there's dough that belongs to the tax, you still have to take Chala from it. Even though you couldn't pay him off and it totally belongs to the king, it still has Chayav Chala. Why? When your animal is sitting there and everybody knows it belongs to the to the tax farmer, it belongs to the government, so everybody knows about it. So therefore, when you don't separate a Bechola, everybody understands why. People don't know that about this particular dough. And therefore, you have to separate challah, otherwise people will think that you're indeed eating bread that is tevel. Okay, we'll pause at this point, we'll pick it up in the next uh, podcast with further explorations into the issue of ownership and responsibility for chametz. Meantime, we should have a wonderful day.